Welcome to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. This week, great to be with you on all of our radio affiliates across the USA. We hope you all had a happy and blessed and a grateful, wonderful Thanksgiving as we enter this Christmas season. My favorite time of the year, your favorite time of the year. All the decorations are up and look absolutely gorgeous. Great job, babe. Thank you. It's beautiful. It took me like, what, three and a half days or four days? Yeah, to get everything done, but we... I like that we got ahead of it, and so by Thanksgiving, we were able to relax and enjoy it, and, and not, usually, like, you start right at Thanksgiving or Black no, Friday. You, not well, me. not us, but yeah. most most people, but you got me wanting to do everything just like you. I would do November 1st. Nah, the 18th, 19th is good, but yeah. it, it's great. I hope everybody enjoys this season. It's an awesome time of year. It's a beautiful season, so enjoy it. Our guest this week, Josh McCown, played for, Josh played for 12 NFL teams. He's been all around the NFL. He's now... Coaching in high school, his two sons, and over the course of the past two years, had an opportunity to interview with the Houston Texans for their head coaching job two years in a row, fresh off of playing in the NFL. And some people didn't appreciate or, or like that the Texans considered him and leapfrogged other people who may have put in their time and dues as assistants and all that stuff. And then Josh, I actually didn't get the job, but Jeff Saturday got promoted from, well, got hired by the Colts, not promoted, but hired right out of ESPN Studios, so he had less experience than Josh. Anyway, I look at it, after having a conversation with Josh, talking to him, his experience in the NFL, and then other people and what they say about him, he's definitely a future coach in the league. He may have to go in as an offensive coordinator, quarterback, and he's willing to do that. He's humble. And, and what I got out of him and from what other people say about him is how much of a leader he is, and it's, it's humble leadership. Everybody has tremendous respect for him, whether they're players who are believers or non-believers, whether they're front office executives who are believers, non-believers, it doesn't matter. What makes a great leadership is being a leader is someone who can unite everyone no matter what you believe no matter what you feel, no matter what you look like, no, no matter all differences, because everyone's different. A locker room is completely different. People of all kinds of backgrounds. And it takes somebody who can unite people, but to be able to do it in a humble way. And I think that's something that he embodies. And I, I just wanted to look at what what Jesus talked about in the Bible, in Luke 14, 11, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. There's there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that where where you talk about being humble. And and I think that's one of the greatest qualities of leadership. I absolutely love that. And Jesus does lead with that kind of example. He mm-hmm. leads with hum, with a humble heart. He leads by example. He he wanted to do things differently. He didn't want to uh come here and do the same thing that the Pharisees were doing. You know, he wanted to lead a different way. He saw that obviously that doesn't work. You know, and the rules and the regulations and all these things, the law. They just the law, it drives people away from what you really want them to do. And laws are good and everything, but example is everything. When you lead by example, that's everything. Because yeah. you want people to actually see that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, not just asking them to do something. So he, he definitely modeled that for us very well. And it, it's it's beautiful. And we try to do that as parents too. 
you know, we're trying to model for our children what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do instead of just like rules, rules, rules. Like right. You do this, you do this, you do that. And so, I mean, yeah. sometimes we fall short. And sometimes we do well and yeah. sometimes we don't do well at, yeah. at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for me. To say, okay, get off your phone, don't be, and then, and then they're looking at me and I'm on mine. I know. This is the thing. So I'm right? saying that and I'm just like, but uh, and I'm like, well, daddy's working, but right. yeah, but. But are you? <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's, it's not an yeah. easy thing. And sometimes you just. But there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously though, just following Jesus' example with like being a good leader especially like in everyday life to be a good leader is it's a hard thing it, this is not an easy thing mm-hmm. and to model you know to to people what you want them to do is also not an easy thing because sometimes you don't feel like it like as a parent sometimes mm-hmm. i don't feel like following those annoying rules or put my phone <laughs> away or you know get up and do something else yeah. <laughs> or whatever you're not motivated but mm-hmm. we have to do it we have to have a good example for our kids and even for ourselves you know i think it comes down to not what we not what we say but what we do and yeah. i think that that applies in in everything in parenting in leading in leadership like if you're getting in the middle of that huddle and or in the middle of that locker room and you got everybody around you and, and you're you're giving the best speech and you're firing people up and you're telling them this and that and whatever it is and then they want to go through run through a brick wall for you but then you're not you're not doing it off the field or outside the off outside the locker room outside the huddle if you're not that guy people see through phony mm-hmm. and if you're a phony leader if you're someone who is in front of the camera one way and then in private life a different way people see through that and i think that's being genuine being a a person who can rally people together like i said in the beginning from all walks of life i think that's what's most important in leadership qualities because you can't you can't try to impose your views on everyone you can't try to impose but you can live them out so for example we come on here and we talk about our faith I don't talk about my faith because I want someone else to see it my way and believe in what I'm saying because I win. I tell people about my faith because I know what I went through in my life. I know how I came out of it. I know how Jesus changed my life, how he changed who I am as a person. And when I see anyone going through any kind of struggle, I want to share with them how I, how I came out on the other side. And then I see people struggling with all kinds of things, people who have everything and people who have nothing. And sometimes it's those who have little who are more at peace than those who have it all because they don't have peace, because they're always looking, searching, seeking, trying to find or whatever. So for me, sharing my faith has never been about, you got to see it my way because my way is the right way. It's no, I, I want you to learn what helped me. And this is, yes, we know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. But that's how I came to be where I am right now. And I just wish that upon more people. And and you're right. Like, And it's not like our way is the only way. We just try to, we try to do what Jesus teaches in the Bible. And we try to live that way. And let me tell you, we fall every day. Like, I, I fall short every day. It's not Yeah, easy. tell me about it now. It's not, <laughs> but it's true. It's not easy. And we all fall short. Like, yeah. I mean, 
Absolutely. Everybody falls short. Everybody falls short. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do. But at the same time, you have to kind of take that into account. And every single day, just tell yourself, okay, I got to do better the next day. Uh, like take inventory, you know, mm-hmm. of what you did today and and just ask yourself, where did I fall short today? And let me fix it tomorrow, you know, because if, you know, tomorrow, hopefully you wake up and everything's fine and you wake up and you say, okay, I'm going to do better day, a better thing today, tomorrow. I'm going to do better tomorrow. And just go from there and fix it every day. Fix something about yourself or I just do that for myself. I fix something every day, like at least try I like that attitude, that philosophy, because I think sometimes too much, too often we can get stuck in the past and go, well, I, I did this, that, or whatever, and I, I need to, I need so much work, or I need to do it. Every day is a new opportunity, like you're mm-hmm. saying. Every day is a different shot. You get up in the morning, and now you can, okay, let's go. Let's attack this day. Let's live this day. Let's be the best version of ourselves. One other Bible verse I wanted to bring up about leadership, because I think it's it's important Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So that, that goes back to being a, a great leader. What it takes to be a, an excellent leader is being humble, but pride sometimes stands in the way, and it, it's that my way or the highway, or it's, it's that, and when, when, you, when pride stands in the way, that can lead to, as Proverbs says, disgrace. That can lead to fall. Your failure, you falling, and uh, I think in in coaching and sports, oftentimes, if you're not willing to address a mistake and take ownership of that mistake, and and then often you see someone doubling down on what they said or what their mistake is, then you lose a locker room, then you lose the the respect of players on your team. So I think it takes being being humble being able to put your pride aside. And, and I see in Josh someone who's able, who's able to do that, has earned the respect of so many people along the way. And when you hear the conversation, he'll tell you about how many different offenses he had to learn, how many different coaches he played for, all of that stuff. That all works into it and, and would help you become a better leader of men. But I think it starts with that humble nature, that humble attitude and that ability to, to get people together from all backgrounds and, and make them uh, earn their respect. Up next, you'll hear from Josh McCown. You're listening to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Hi, this is Remy Mari, co-host of Faith on a Field Show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors Exclusive Properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A. 
DDI at gmail.com. Hey, this is Rob Motti. Online sexual exploitation of children is a hidden crime, and it's time we expose it. A new immersive podcast tells the story of Ruby, who was trafficked into this crime when she was 16 years old. The podcast takes the listener through Ruby's journey and what's being done to fight this terrible crime. Check it out at IJM.org slash Ruby. This is Derek Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome back to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonthefieldshow.com. Find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on a Field and tell a friend or two about the show. I want to take a minute to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, International Justice Mission and Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Josh McCown, played 18 seasons in the NFL with 12 teams. He finished his last season with Houston in 2020, then interviewed with the Texans, for the head coaching job twice the past two years. We talk about that and much more. Josh, great to have you on, man. I covered part of your career, followed your entire career. Now you have your own podcast that you're doing. It's called Scheme. It's part of the Underdog Fantasy Content Network. I know a new episode drops each Thursday. So tell me a little bit about that, uh, what you're doing, what what you like about it, and how you got involved. Yeah, so obviously – uh, underdog fantasy uh, is its own is its own thing, and if you love fantasy sports and if you play it, uh, which uh, it seems like the whole world does, because it, there's not a year that I didn't play that somebody didn't tell me, "Hey, man, you really helped me out in fantasy this year," or uh, more often, you you really killed me in fantasy this year. <laughs> um, but uh, but at any rate, that that portion of that, you know, the the, the whole as you said, the network they want to bring football content uh, to their subscribers, and so um, so we started a podcast called Scheme. Josh Norris hosted along with myself, and we just take a look at uh, uh, things around the league. Uh, this first probably five or six episodes, the, the focus has really been on quarterback play because that's my area of expertise, and uh, and we just take a deep dive into into why these guys are playing the way they're playing, uh, some of the nuances of the position, uh, some of the nuances of the schemes that we're seeing applied. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I think, you know, for, for me, I love being around the game. I love watching tape anyway. And uh, to be able to share that with other people to kind of give them a better perspective of what's happening so that we can truly respect uh, every player, and especially these quarterbacks nowadays. Um, I'm really enjoying that. And fans can find the podcast on YouTube. Uh, I know it's also available wherever podcasts are found. Now, you said deep dive, deep dive into footballs uh, in X's and O's. Josh, do you have to balance, though, how much terminology like insider knowledge that you use uh, with terms that people can understand or, or, or make it so uh, the average viewer, the average listener can get it. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, I do, but I also, I'm, I'm going to give that to you because I think that's what, that's what the fans are coming for. They want to hear that. They want to hear, you know, 18 years and a different offensive coordinator for 18 straight years. They want to hear all those different, different things. And we, I give you, share those insights. Um, you know, I've got a stack of playbooks, you know, from, from all over. And, uh, and so it's, it's fun to see plays. And as we're seeing, as we watch this season unfold, uh, you know, Josh and I'll be talking in the discourse and, and it, it'll, I'll, I'll tell him like, Hey, this is a play that was popular 
when I came into the league, and then it kind of went away because the defense kind of figures it out, and then the play comes back, and it's popular again. So you see all these different things uh, that happen um, throughout the course of my career and over the last 20 years. Uh, and so I try to give the fans a, a, a window into that. And, uh, and, and like I said, it's fun to watch Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields or Tua uh, Tagovailoa that we broke down yesterday. It's fun to watch those guys, right? But, but if somebody can give you an insight of what their mind is thinking about while they're standing at the line of scrimmage, when they receive the football, the, 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 I call them hurdles in the brain, the different hurdles that they're jumping in the brain and decisions that they're making at, you know, at, at a fast pace. Uh, just to give you perspective of how we can appreciate these guys, these great athletes that are also, you know, high level executives, high level decision makers, um, you know, for 65, 70 plays uh, a game every weekend. So, um, so that's the idea of it. So we, we do try to balance it so that, you, you know, we're not over your head where you can't understand it. But I think it's where the real fan wants to come and go. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, more than I'm just getting maybe that I, that I tune in on TV and I see on Sunday afternoon because there's, you know, the color guys can only give so much. Uh, but but we can kind of take it a little bit deeper, and so hopefully it gives them that. I'm one of those guys who appreciates that really deep dive, that terminology, that lingo understanding. So it really helps. It benefits people, you know, as you're learning, as you're watching. It gives you an education uh, into the game. You mentioned something there that I didn't even realize, man. 18 years, 18 different offensive coordinators. You didn't have any stability <laughs> year to year? No, no. Well, I I, I – Changed offensive coordinators every year of my career since I was a junior in high school. Wow. So uh, I, now I, I did get to have Mike Martz twice. And there's Detroit. I had him in Detroit. And then I had him in Chicago. So I had him twice. So there was some overlap there. Uh, but uh, but he's the only guy that I had for two, you know, for two different times. But never anybody two, two years in a row. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff bouncing around in here, a lot of lines and yeah. You know, things going on and, and, you know, this, this team calls it this, 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 and it's the same exact play. And that's what we really go into is you would be surprised at how many people have the same stuff in their playbook. They just call it different. Mm-hmm. And then it gets into really, how do they detail that, that play out? How do they approach that play? What is the quarterback being told on that play? How they're, how they're, uh, how they think about that play. So sometimes it's like, Hey, we're, we're this, this receiver is number one on this play. And with a different coaching staff and a totally different offense, it's like, well, we don't ever look at that guy. And those two, those two things can be true and valid. It's just, you know, everybody's opinion and, and kind of the talent and the makeup of the roster. So uh, we try to share some of those things uh, on the show. Well, that's 18 different offenses that you had to learn. I, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking behind you. I see all the jerseys. You played for, like, nearly the entire league. I know it's like <laughs> 10 or, or 11. But that's a lot of knowledge. That's a lot of education, which leads me to this, Josh. You've had a couple opportunities to – interview for the Houston Texans head coaching position. It would seem to me with someone who has been experienced the way you have, like you're going to bring a lot to the table. What was your experience like in those interviews and what are your future aspirations? Yeah. You know, uh, I think uh, maybe one day I'll be into coaching. I'm coaching high school ball right now. I had two sons uh, that were, uh, you know, at, at the end of high school. So one was a senior last year and then just currently had a senior uh, this year and, and was able to coach both those uh, guys through and, and had a blast doing that. And that was my focus. Uh, but, but maybe pro coaching is in the future. We'll see. Um, certainly the opportunity to uh, meet with and discuss that with the Texans was, uh, was, you know, interesting and special. And, and I learned a lot and, and, um, and, you know, the opportunity 
to just so much respect for the head coaching position that uh, that you, you know you need to at least go uh, visit with those people and learn and see see what it's about. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, it didn't didn't work out, and, and you know, I'm kind of thankful that I, I was able to spend this last season with my son, and uh, and then we'll see what the future holds. You know, I, I I you know, as you can see with the jerseys, man, the, the old saying, you know, we plan and God laughs. I think is 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 very applicable to to our life, and so. Um, so maybe one of these days, you know, find myself, uh, coaching in the league somewhere. Um, I love the NFL. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't, uh, I don't hide that. I, I love, you know, enjoyed my career, the different stops. As you said, I've had so many experiences, um, uh, of what to do, a lot of what not to do. And so, uh, you know, just want to, you know, maybe bring that to a team one day and be able to help a team. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter where, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever position, whatever I can coach, you know, it's just, I love being part of teams and, uh, and, and being part of a group. And you start out with that group and you say, okay, let's go try to do something special and, and let's, let's create a process and let's get better at that process. And so I really enjoy that. And so whether it's at the high school level or college, I don't really care. And I don't really care what the position is. I just enjoy being part of teams. And so, um, so hopefully that's in the future someday. So you would definitely be interested in, in say, a coordinator role or a quarterback's coach position or, or, or something along those lines too as well. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not picky. Like I said, man. Like it's such a privilege, especially in the NFL. Like it is such a privilege to to get to walk into the building. You know, Rob. I, I spent my first probably eight or nine years in the league, not really wanting for a job. Always free agency hitting and, and getting a chance to play somewhere. And then I was out of the league in 2010. Spent a year in the UFL, and uh, and so when you go through that and then you get back in, to me, I can just remember when I got back in. I was I was with the Bears, and I can remember you know grabbing that handle at Hallis Hall and walking in that facility and just feeling a sense of gratitude of just going, you know what? Like, I don't want to take this for granted. I don't want to take this. And I, and I really thought like this, I might get cut this day and I might get cut this day. And then, you know, thankfully I, I lasted whatever it was eight or nine more years. Um, but I, but I experienced the back half of my career different than I did the front half of just with a great sense of gratitude for, for the, uh, for the privilege it is to play in the National Football League. And so that's where my heart is. Like, it really – I just I just love being a part of teams. And one of those 32, they're all special. They're all unique. There's unbelievable people in those buildings. And uh, and so um, if that's where the plan leads me one of these days, then, then I'll be thankful for that. Uh, right now, you know, I'll do the best I can uh, coaching high school football, and then, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Josh, just how difficult is it to go from team to team – you know, obviously there's great parts to it, more relationships. You get to know different people, learn different schemes. But for, for a family guy to have to, to leave and, and to go from city to city and, and all of that movement, just how difficult is that? I think it's something that fans may overlook. You know, you look at football players, it's a glamorous lifestyle, you're making all this money. But that's the real life stuff that you got to deal with. No doubt. Um, I think uh, my career probably resonates more with coaches <laughs> than it does players because coaches are transitioning, you know, every few years a lot more. And, uh, and so that's, that was kind of my experience. I, you know, you get into this thing and you wish, and I was hoping like I would stay with the Arizona Cardinals for 15 years and be the franchise quarterback. And that was my, you know, that was my goal, but it didn't work out that way. And, uh, and, and the plan changed and then we had to adapt and, and um, you're right. It's not easy. I mean, my credit, my wife so much for, you know, holding down the Ford, especially, the back half of my career where it was really changing. I was on a series of one-year deals. And, and so it was hard to move my daughter who was in high school. We, we weren't going to move her. So 
they kind of we kind of established a home base there in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then I kept going and traveling to these teams. So, um, so you're exactly right. Uh, but again, it's it's part of this business. It's part of you know what we deal with. It's what we sign up for, and I understand that. Uh, and uh, and so, I, if anything, I think you know it's rounded out uh, not only myself but my family uh, just learning to adapt and. and uh, I'm just thankful just the number of guys that I've been exposed to that I got to be around uh, great people in all these facilities, uh, both men and women. And, and, uh, and, you know, we laugh, everybody, everybody kind of, you know, especially when I do the show, they laugh about the jerseys and, and give me a hard time. And I'm like, you know, a lot of guys like to put their teammates up or whatever. And I say, I ain't got a house big enough for all the guys that I've played with because uh, you know, I, you know, I want to put them all up on the wall. So, uh, so we kind of do it like that as a, as a memento to all the different stops we've made. And we can sit there and think about, you know, this person on that team and, and the great relationship we had on this team. So, um, so yeah, it, it is tough, but I still would, would frame it as a privilege to be able to get to, uh, you know, walk that journey. Is there a city, a fan base that sticks out to you? Oh, man. <laughs> of all yeah, those I think uh, I would say, I would say when I was in Chicago, you know, I, it was really special. And in those Midwest and the Northeast cities. So once I was in Chicago, uh, felt it in Detroit a little bit in that stop. But, but we, you know, we were, we were kind of down at that time, weren't very good. And, uh, but Chicago, man, that was, that was special. Uh, then going uh, to Cleveland, they, they loved, they're passionate about that team, the Jets and then the Eagles. Like those, those cities to me, that's what pro football is about. And it's really special in those cities, and they really, really care about their team. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, like to, to play my last game in Philly and to feel the passion of that, of that city and, and to get to experience that, you know, that organization was awesome. And so, uh, so it would be hard-pressed hard, hard to choose one of them. Um, but I would say that the cultures of those cities uh, made it special for sure. That last game with we didn't even know at the time nobody could, but you're playing with that. You know, Carson goes down with the concussion. You come in, and you tear your hamstring. Like <laughs> how you? Well, completely off the bone, Josh. Is that what yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah, not good. I guess that's that's what happens to old guys. Um, yeah, it was a bummer. You know, that happened in the middle of the game, but uh, you know, uh, it's kind of you know, Coach Peterson had, had preached it all year. So what now? What and kind of move on mentality and. So it happened and it was like, all right, we got to be there for the guys. And, uh, you know, playing a backup role that whole year and really, you know, just more than anything, trying to trying to be a, a voice and, and uh, a, a help to Carson in that quarterback room. And you see the time that's put in, how much, how hard Carson worked um, and how hard the coaches worked. And, and, uh, and so when, you, when something like that happens, it's like, man, I, I can't bail out now. Like, you know, they're, they're dependent on us and, and uh wish we would have got it done. But um, but for me, you know, my whole career, all these different stops, some of them, a lot of them rebuilds, you know, to be at Philly and finish kind of that last year with those guys to, where it was a well-run organization. It was going the right way. They were a playoff team with Super Bowl aspirations and all that. And to get to play in that last game was special. Uh, you, even though we didn't come up with the win, it was special. And uh, kind of this playoff thing that had eluded me my whole career, I was very thankful for that. You mentioned Carson. You were in a quarterback room with him for an entire year. And I've often said that he's the most misunderstood player in, in the NFL because there's so much. I mean, I'll be flat out honest. People hate him for all the wrong reasons. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It it, it irks me. I defend him all the time. And 
as a teammate, Josh, you were his teammate. You were in the quarterback room with him. Can't you know? And and every time you hear anybody say anything negative about Carson, it's always anonymous. But anytime somebody says anything positive, it, it's always they get there's their names attached to it. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox rave about him. What did you think of Carson? Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed working with Carson. Um, you know, I thought he's very 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 smart player. Um, uh, and uh, and just I had a blast that year. Uh, getting to know him um, and, you know, young family, getting ready to have kids and all that stuff. And and so uh, it was fun to, to kind of have that year uh, with, with a with a younger guy um, and just, you know, try to help him as best I could. I think, you know, we were very proud of you know, everybody in that quarterback room, Nate Sudfeld, uh, Press Taylor, like how we played down the stretch. You know, if you remember Carson, I think played, you know, at a really high level down the stretch, completing a lot of balls. And to get us into the playoffs, to put us even in that wild card game. So, um, so you know, uh, my experience was great. Everybody's different, but uh, but I know this. That dude came in. He worked hard. He cares a lot about the game, uh, and you know, he he puts his best foot forward every time he steps into that building and uh, and tries to help his team. And um, you know, I know he's a little dinged up right now, and and you know, they're going through a, a little bit of a change. But I know he's going to be a great teammate. He's gonna he's gonna help that guy and he's gonna help his team as best he can and and uh, that's that's the experience I have with him and that's that's what I believe him to be and you know unfortunately sometimes in this league you know you get you know perceptions you know kind of get out of hand and and things are looked at differently but uh, but you know I had a number of good things to say about Carson. I know as a strong man of faith, it's obviously been a, a big part of your journey in the NFL and, and probably had to hold you together as you go through a lot of these moments, travel and uncertainty, not knowing where you're going to be playing next. What has it meant to you? Yeah, I mean, you, you said it, it held me together. And I think that's the biggest part for me. Uh, everybody's different and everybody's got to find, you know, their anchor in life and the thing that's going to center them uh, when you're changing teams or, or you're changing jobs or, or life gets crazy. And that's that's been for me, that's where my faith has come in. And uh, and just kind of, you know, trusting God and trusting the plan, you know, in, in place, and and uh, and it's given me peace to be able to walk in a building and go, okay, you know, whatever my role is, I can come here and serve, and and you know, I'm here, you know, here for a reason, and and thankful that I am here, and uh, so uh, so yeah, you said it. I mean, that's it's it's been critically important for me in my career um, to be able to sustain, you know, all the ups and downs. That's awesome, man. Well, the podcast is Scheme. It's part of the Underdog Fantasy Content Network. A new episode. Drops each Thursday, and you can find it also on YouTube. Josh, I really appreciate your time, man, and wish you a a ton of success and a ton of blessings. Thank you so much, Rob. Take care, man. That's it for this week. Thank you to Josh McCown. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on the Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Hi, this is Rob Motti. You've heard us talk about International Justice Mission and how they are working to protect people from human trafficking and violence. There's a new podcast that gives you a deep dive into IJM's work protecting children from online sexual exploitation. This immersive experience introduces you to Ruby, who was lured into online sexual exploitation when she was only 16 years old. Go to IJM.org slash Ruby to journey through her incredible story and learn how you can make protecting children like Ruby your fight too. Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice. 
not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage.